0: Okay, so show of hands, you ready? How many of you have ever heard of, or even better, read a book named Etiquette by Emily Post? Okay, there's a few out there. Um, If you haven't, that's okay, because Emily Post wrote Etiquette back in 1922, so that makes that book 100 years old. You know, and in her book, she provided instructions on how to behave at dinner, how to dress, how to have good manners and a whole host of other things. You know, I was thinking about it driving over here today. It'd be great if she put a chapter in there on driving etiquette. (laughs) You know, at, at first glance, today's gospel almost seems like Jesus is trying to teach us the proper etiquette for being a good guest at a wedding banquet. So I'm gonna paraphrase what Jesus said, please forgive me, Lord, and kind of put it into a more modern context. So when you go to a wedding reception, don't try to sit at the table closest to the newly married couple. Allow the family to take those tables. You wouldn't wanna be embarrassed by being asked to move somewhere else once you arrived, right? Well, I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't trying to be a first century Emily Post. So what was he trying to tell the people who were eating with him that night at the Pharisees' home? I don't think it was about proper wedding banquet etiquette. I think it was something a little bit deeper than that. I think he is trying to talk to us about the proper hard attitude of humility to have towards God and with each other. In today's first reading from Sirach, uh, he tells us something so very important about our lives that's really difficult to practice. I don't know about you, but I love reading Sirach because he's able to take a lot of the Old Testament and distill it down to something that even this deacon can understand. He says, conduct your affairs with humility. Humble yourself and you'll find favor with God. You know, with powerful words, as I watch the news and read it, one thing I often don't see uh, are the people depicted there conducting themselves with humility. And this has kind of caused me to reflect on my own life about how consistently do I, you know, Deacon Dave, conduct my affairs with humility. You know, but Sierra doesn't just instruct us about conducting our affairs, he also exhorts us to actively humble ourselves. Now, I was thinking about that. There must be a way for us to humble ourselves if Sirach asks us to do that, but how? And I think the second reading gives us a little bit of a tiny taste. In its second reading, the author of Hebrews tells us that we have approached Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, angels in festal gathering, the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, the just made perfect, Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and God, the judge of all. We're not talking about a boring banquet here. We're talking about like the ultimate wedding feast ever known throughout the history of the universe and all time. And what an image that is, because if this doesn't depict a beautiful picture of what God's inviting all of us here tonight into, then I have no idea on earth what does. Like a wedding reception, God's called us, and we, through our baptism, have been able to approach this wonderful city, the spiritual Mount Zion, God's holy throne through the redemption that Jesus has wrought for us through his passion, death, and resurrection. I mean, that's powerful stuff. What has he done? The psalmist today tells us in the responsorial psalm, God has made a home for the poor, for us who've been justified by God through our baptism. We have had the stain of original sin removed. We've been incorporated into the body of Christ, his church, his church, And he's given us a new home. He's showered us a bountiful rain and provided for us in every way imaginable for our spiritual good. And in hearing these words, we understand our complete dependency. Think about that, our dependency on God as we contemplate on his infinite power, his infinite holiness, his infinite mercy, and we compare it with our own. And I don't know about you, but when I compare God's holiness with my lack of holiness, I'm humbled. Um, During a presidential election a long time ago, a woman by the name of Mother Antonia visited our church. Does anyone here remember her coming? She was the sister or the friend of a sister of one of our parishioners who recently passed. And I remember going into the Family Life Center one night after work. It was during a presidential election, so there was a lot of acrimony going on in the news. You know, that side's evil, no, that side's evil. Everybody's trying to beat each other up. I remember walking into the Family Life Center, and I was feeling angry because we had seemed, as a nation, to lost our ability to talk and listen to each other. I walk into the room, and I sensed a palpable, presence of holiness in her. I mean, she's a mere creature like us, but I sensed a certain level of holiness. And suddenly she walks over to me, hugs me, and then whispers in my ear, let the anger go. And it was at that moment I broke down because, kind of like St. Peter did when Jesus was with him on the lake that one day, he says, you know, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. I sensed her love and her mercy, but I also sensed that I needed to kind of get away a little bit because it was so overpowering. Magnify that infinitely when we're in the presence of our God who is ultimate holiness. And I think when we look at ourselves in the light of God, we can't experience any other, anything other than humility. That's what scripture, our scriptures today are inviting us to, living with humility you know, in preparing for this homily, I was a little curious about how many times humility is mentioned in the scripture. Um, and I only had to look for a little bit before I had to stop because in just a few short minutes, I came across 90 references to humility in there. It's so important that many of the religious communities in their vows, especially in the vow of obedience, it references humility. And God's saints themselves have instructed us to live Humble lives. So it seems to be pretty important to God that we're humble. So why? Well, humility, strangely enough, allows God to draw us closer to Him. You know, pride, the lack of humility, is what caused the third of the angels in heaven to fall and be cast out of God's presence. Pride. But on the other hand, the Blessed Virgin Mary's humility, you know, her fiat, Lord let it be done to me according to your will, was what led her to be drawn so close and so intimately to God that Jesus was incarnate in her womb through the Holy Spirit. You see the difference? Pride kind of pushing us away and humility drawing us forth. She said, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. She understood her place. With God, And because of that, God was able to work through her for us in allowing Jesus' ministry of salvation to begin. But, you know, it did more than that. It also allowed her to reach out to others. You know, throughout Scripture, Mary interceded for others. I remember the wedding at Cana. What did she do? think, Jesus, they're out of wine. You know, do something about it and she instructed the servants, do whatever he tells you. Throughout her whole life, she was contemplating everything that was going on, and she was always pointing to Jesus in everything she did. So humility allows God to draw us closer to himself, but also to each other. You know, in today's gospel, Jesus invited the Pharisee who had hosted him to dinner that night to reach out to people who could not repay his generosity, the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, people just like us who God has invited to approach his throne in Mount Zion, people completely incapable of being able to repay God for the lavish graces that he's poured out into our lives and continues to pour out into our lives each and every day. God's overwhelming grace, his undeserved merit should cause us to recognize our place in our life with him and with each other. I don't know about you, but I know that even to this day, I don't have Mary's degree of humility in my own life. You know, the humility that Jesus talks about in today's readings. And so I'm thinking, you know, how, how do I, how can we develop that level of humility? And I've already hinted at it. We're humbled when we know our position before God and our need for him. When we reflect on his infinite power and his infinite wisdom and his infinite holiness and his infinite goodness and love, and we compare it to ourselves, where we're not quite so loving and we're not quite so giving and maybe we're not quite so generous, we can reflect on this in a couple of ways, and there's two. You know, anytime you need to have a, you want to have a close relationship with somebody. I know there's a number of us out here who are married. What do you do to be close to your spouse? You talk and you listen. So, how do we talk to God? We pray every day. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I don't know, a structured prayer. It can be as simple as waking up in the morning and saying, God, thank you so much for this day. I love you. Help me to live for you. But conversation's two ways. We also have to be able to learn to hear God's voice and listen to him. And how do we do that? We do that through getting his scripture into our heart and our soul. Um, Read it every day. Listen to it at the mass every day. Spend a little time communicating with God, praying, speaking with him, reading, listening to what he has to say. There's another way, and it's one I discovered during formation for the diaconate, um, Y'all have heard of St. Ignatius of Loyola before, right? The Jesuit you know, saint. He was pretty awesome. Um, he wrote the spiritual exercises. And he does, or suggests in his exercises what I've kind of hinted at. He says, look at God and look at his perfection and look at his holiness and then look at ourselves and our need for God because of our lack of perfection and our lack of holiness. But he goes another step. He says, Don't despair, though, because then we see the difference, right? Don't despair, because he offered himself. He humbled himself to step out of his glory, take on our human nature, so that he could love us and save us. These two suggestions are powerful, and I've seen them change lives, and they enable us to draw closer to God in faith and thanksgiving. And they also enable us to reach out to others. You know that world out there that's hurting so much? We come to mass, we receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist so that he can fill us so we can go out there and continue his mission. Today's readings remind us to do what matters and that we must live authentic lives of humility so that we can draw close to God and allow him to work through us in reaching out to others with mercy and love. These gospel readings are not teaching us proper etiquette, but proper living as God's children.